Hello everybody and this is, uh, my name is Karamjit Singh and in this episode of uh, DNA's uh, Tech Talk, we will be discussing mobile adware. Not malware which is going to lock your phone and force you to pay someone, you know, a, a fraction of a bitcoin if you're lucky, but mobile adware. And then Zoff, who had just come back from China, many, many interesting anecdotes he has to share with us, but he's going to be talking about 10 cents change in strategy or so, very significant. And after that, it's going to come back to me and I'm going to talk about how uh, Bikesh Shilakmi-chan, a DNA Digirati 50, and uh, co-founder and CEO of uh, 1337 Ventures, has just won the, the license to operate their own ECF fund, quite significant. And we're going to end with a fascinating snippet from Zoff about how and petabytes of data can be stored on a micro milligram of your DNA. That's right. We're not talking about the DNA, the company, but your DNA. So with that, we'll get started now. And I'm going to go on first to mobile adware. And this is fascinating because I did not know, Zoff, that 98% of Malaysian households, you know, in those households, they, uh, they, uh, they browse the internet through their smartphones. Well, I mean, and it's amazing to me. Well, smartphone. If if you always look at the stats, they are yep. churned out by MCMC, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when people talk about internet penetration in Malaysia, you immediately struck by how high smartphone penetration, penetration is compared is. to. The, so, so I think I think it used to be the computer revolution used to be about a PC in every home. Mm -hmm. Now in Malaysia, it's literally like a smartphone. But that's in, already been achieved, yeah. So yeah. thanks to you know very cheap Chinese smartphones, right? So we'll come <laughs> to that later. Uh, we're not going to talk about Huawei yet, you know, it's still unfolding and, you know, we want to talk to a few more experts about that. But mobile adware, now, you typically don't see this as something dangerous, but the fact that it's in everyone, I mean, the smartphone is in every almost everyone's pocket. And my colleague says it's like a walking billboard, you know, uh, personalized for you, makes it something we need to be aware of. Now, there are really two types of, of these kind of adwares, which is... Uh, one is a nuisance, right? You, you consider the first one a nuisance because it, it pops up on your screen, peppering you with images of you know, weight loss schemes and whatnot, and it redirects you to a website. And yet the other one is this, this hidden one-by-one one pixel that, that is there and you're not even aware, and it actually monitors how, you know, what you're doing. It collects information, personal information, right? Data browsing history, and it's sending it to unnamed you know, uh, parties who then can, you know, send you personalized ads or, you know, capture information in case you're on your phone and, and you want to go to your, your bank site and, and do some stuff. So, uh, very, very dangerous, I think. So I, I think I think maybe a little bit, I, I mean, this, the, the landscape of mm -hmm. what is possible in adware is, is from a technical perspective, uh, interesting. And then, for me, even more interesting is like the mentality of the bad guys, as it were. Hmm. So just to clarify, obviously, there's a lot of apps out there that include totally. advertising. Yes. To then, and I think when the advertising is upfront and honest, there's no yeah. issue there. That's the freemium model. Yeah. 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 So, so the, 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 the downside is when they try to be devious about it, right? Mm. So late last year, there was, it was reported there was this spate of apps coming out. Okay. So like they were coming out in waves, right? It wasn't just like one oh, or the, okay. like in waves. Okay. And there were like these apps who were mainly apps targeted at kids. Oh, okay. Uh, apps which were messaging. Mm -hmm. Now messaging apps, 
uh, and games. So games are because people are so impatient to play games. Yeah, they just yeah. go, yes, 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 to all the permissions. Yes, correct. Uh, messaging apps, because they have particular permissions that you need. So you would mm-hmm. say yes to those permissions yes, and yes. then gains you more access to more parts right. of the phone. And kids, because, you know, well, kids really just do whatever they want yes. sometimes. You know, they don't, they really, you need to train them to, yeah, to be uh, careful security. And, and so those are situations where... Um, they they copy popular games and apps. Hmm. So these these are apps that, let's say you have a popular game like PUBG, for example, mm-hmm. and then this app comes out which looks a lot like PUBG, right? Mm-hmm. And then you install it and it works a lot mm-hmm. like it as well. But then actually it's got all this ad ad yep. ads coming out which mm-hmm. you probably didn't mm-hmm. want. Um, the other the other problem was. Um, I think the article that you're referring to, uh, referred to this uh, developer from China called mm-hmm. uh, CM Cheetah Mobile. Okay, ah, and they yeah. they they had opened up this suite for apps, and all these apps that had been discovered that they had like yeah. this. Uh, uh, there were I think there were hundreds of millions of downloads. <laughs> yeah, right? crazy. And, man. and the thing is, it may be that they kind of get off the hook because they will just blame because they'll say, oh, we just. In, use this SDK uh, for yes, for yes. for uh, delivery of ads, yep. and we didn't know that this SDK was and malicious. Yes, so yes, we're going to yes, like yes, change the SDK, yes. and everything will be fine. But you don't know what the truth is. You don't know how aware they were mm. about how malicious these things are. So this, unfortunately, under the cover of plausible deniability, they yes, probably get away, you get away with, with it. it. So, but you know, for, so for someone listening and thinking, hey, okay, stop telling me all this. What do I do to check my phone? So obviously, you can go online. And you can download some software. And I think my, my colleague G, who wrote the story, said that there are some software vendors out there, you know, of course, in the security space, who, who will allow you to download a, a, a software that just scans your phone uh, and tells you whether there is any adware, especially looking for adware on your phone. So if you want to do that, you can. So I, I was told there was one software vendor that does this, uh, Norton, but I'm sure that if you go to the, the, the other main ones, they probably have on their website something you can download and it'll, it'll scan your phone too. So if you're worried about that, there, there is something you can do without downloading something on your phone permanently, right? I mean, the, the, the only caveat I would put mm, to this okay. is I suspect if you went to the Play Store and searched for anti-adware uh, thing, yep. you probably get Loads. stuff that's full of adware. That's yes. the irony, right? <laughs> so so just be be aware of where you, what's the source and, and uh, yeah, who exactly. they are. So you go to these established vendors, right, and download it maybe from their website. So that's something you can do. But so if you do have one of these adwares, the other side is that I think according, because we, uh, Jun, uh, my colleague uh, Ji spoke to uh, Wong Jun-hoon, who's the Malaysia country manager of British IT security company SoForce. Now, he says that they can, they can be a nuisance because, of course, they're stealing your personal data and they could also drain your battery and use your data plan. So, you know, and then they're going to send you ads because they know where you're at. So people, you know, if you're aware of this, you're not going to be comfortable. So, and, so you know, he says that in, even in work then, you, you've got BYOD, right? So mm. your phone goes with you everywhere. So, yes. And you, you've got your corporate contact list too, you know, your, your phone numbers, email. So that makes it even more dangerous because then this adware could impact leaking of company data. And he said that's really what, you know, companies like like SoForce and I, I think I think because, for example, I've been in jobs before mm-hmm. where in your contact list you have these very prominent, yes, important yes, yeah, people. Yeah, yes, yes, correct. And, and it's not stuff that you would normally just share with anyone. I, I, think, I think for a malicious adware to be able to read contents of mm-hmm. messages mm-hmm. would be 
that would be very worrying if he could do yeah. that. I, I yeah. don't think he can do that. Yes. But if he has access to your contact list, for example, then you can see who is in Ooh, your contact yeah. list. Uh, whether this is a danger that can be exploited, um, we have to see first, but it's certainly a risk yeah. that you have to be aware of. How we think data, and then, so you, you, you try to, like in my list, if I've got people... Let's say, like, uh, if there's somebody said Tan Sri, right? I just put TS, right? <laughs> <laughs> so if your name happens to be TS, you know, Wong, so it's like, oh, yeah, it's, oh, this is Tan Sri Wong, you know, or something <laughs> So, anyway, you, you gotta do that. Lah. So, but I, I want to just say that uh, in terms of uh, ad, how do you get it, right? Of course, you can get it from third party apps, right? App stores, you're talking about, even in Google Play, Apple App Store. And, uh, you know, so you want to, because like they were saying that you, you can download it from third-party sites. So you say just be aware of the credibility yes. of the site. Uh, sometimes you're not even downloading it. You're on a, on a website, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're searching so, for something. And then, of course, through your mobile or not your desktop. And you can, you can these things can, can get into your phone too, which is yeah. kind of crazy. So because because I, I don't know if, if people know this, but it's possible to, at least for Android, mm -hmm. it's possible to download something from a website and install it onto your phone yeah. but you just have to usually by default it wouldn't let you install it ah, okay. so if you're the sort that likes to be daring and yes, brave yes, and yes. do these things yeah. and then turn off the permission <laughs> and, uh, and, and oh, allow boy. this yeah. be aware that this is yeah, the you're risk. living on the edge man on the digital edge there was there was even um, a story uh, I mean now we're moving into malware but yes, there, was yes, a, yes. there was a story of um uh, not your Google Play Store, uh, but like a third-party store that had okay. all these other apps, right? Mm. Which are sometimes country locked. Sometimes, yeah, yes, uh, yes, yes, and and they look like the real app, mm. but actually they have things like they'll activate the camera and then take photos. Uh, yeah, so that, this yeah, is not yeah. adware. This is yes, like we're yes, going yes, into yes, full-on yeah. malware. Yep. But that is the danger that non-official stores have yeah. and you, you you have to bear that in mind just bear la. I think even Woon was saying that you need to uh, uh, check on the reviews of an app also before you download it right and and he says the app's reputation maybe the reputation is the same as the review but you gotta look at the reviews and see what other users have said because I guarantee you won't be the first one to want to you know, download a particular app so whatever it is we're saying just be careful out there your phone is all critical it's the window into your soul I would dare say be very <laughs> careful, right? And that's the, that's the reality of living in a, in a connected world. So now we want to move on to Azov, your very interesting uh, journey into yes. China. So I'm, let, I'm, tell us what Tencent is up to. I'm still recovering from chat. <laughs> I'm, I'm recovering from chat like from, from a place that's in the same time zone. Same time zone. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, Tencent invited us to go to Kunming mm -hmm. and... I was not the first choice to go because I don't speak Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, they, uh, Tencent was having their, uh, their, their big global conference. Mm. In fact, in fact, it's, it's an amalgamation of what last year, they, mm -hmm. they had it as three separate big oh, conferences. Okay. And this year, they brought it all together. So it was like a mega conference. Big bang. Uh, I was told mm -hmm. that it was 10,000 uh, attendees, wow. uh, participants. Uh, I was told, wow. and the main hall only took five thousand five hundred people. Only yeah. that's <laughs> enough for you, la. Only. And, and then when you went downstairs, you saw all these breakout rooms, uh -huh. and they were they were like I just lost count how wow. many breakout rooms there were. I mean, in each room would hold a couple of hundred as yeah, well. Yeah. So it was it was a huge conference, wow. and and the reason for for this was that they wanted to announce at least to 10 cents, a significant shift in strategy mm -hmm. of, of what they were, okay. of their business. So 10 cents, if you know, are famous for 
a software like WeChat. Yes. That's a Tencent program. Yep, but also things like PUBG, the yep. game, that's also a Tencent. Yeah. QQ uh, Messenger. Uh, QQ Messenger yeah. is another one. They, they, they are... They are amazingly dominant in China. Mm. Uh, WeChat has 1.1 billion users. I mean, that number just blows my mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just in China or, or No, that, or that, globally, that, that right? would be globally, yeah. but, but that would be globally. Yeah, because China has only got 1.3 billion, so it cannot be everyone's. Yes, but sorry. Yeah, but but uh, I think it's close to a billion okay. in China. I mean, it's not, it's not a small amount. Mm. And if you have WeChat, yep. you have WeChat Pay. Absolutely. And then you have this thing called WeChat mini programs. Yeah, okay. And, and I can talk about that because that, that whole thing is fascinating. It's like, instead of downloading apps, you download these programs onto WeChat. Okay. And the question is, why would you do that? Yeah, yeah. And they told me, they, they literally told me to my face, mm-hmm. in China, nobody opens a browser to look at anything anymore. Wow. <laughs> they wow. open their chat yeah. program and then wow. from the chat program, open other stuff. Fantastic. I, was, I, I felt I was mocked for <laughs> not knowing this. It's not obvious <laughs> to me. That's why they call it a super app, right? And which is what Grab is trying to do you know, in, in, in Southeast Asia too. But okay, we'll leave Grab aside. Well, I tell, you, I tell you, Grab is a long way oh, from what... Course, but I mean, the I'm aspiration really is there, I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so, so... And so, the financial power. Okay. So Tencent have been very strong in the consumer space. Okay. And what they announced is they want to shift their sites to the industrial, what they call the industrial internet. Mm, okay. uh, well, I, actually, they're still going to play in the consumer space. Sure, you're then, so embedded, right? Yeah. And, and, and the phrase that caught my attention was this. And I, by the way, this was something that was said in Mandarin, right? Okay. So I, I had to rely on the translation by their software. software yep, yep. <laughs> they, they, were, they were speaking on stage and on the screen behind them, the translation was being shown in real, real time. time. Wow. <laughs> Ten cents. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they want to, they, they, they want to, they see themselves no longer as disruptors. Okay. Uh, you know, um, like the way WeChat Pay disrupted finance in this Yes, world. yes, yes. yes. Uh, but now, now they see themselves as potential partners to digitize industries. Mm. So their proposition to companies is, we have a lot of apps already that yes, make it easy course. for you. If you use those apps, leverage them, it makes it easy for you to access your customers. Because I doubt this. I, I, told, I told people that in Malaysia, yeah. nearly 100% use WhatsApp. It's the yeah. same in China. Nearly yes, 100% yes, use WeChat. Yes, yes. And even if, there's, if you want to look at something more specific mm-hmm. for your own business needs, okay. we have the expertise who yes. can partner with you okay. to, to, to do it. And they were they were not talking about really about individual companies. Okay. They were talking about Vertical. industries. Oh, they, okay. The way the word okay. they used was industries. So, so um, for example, they've set up a group to do artificial intelligence in medicine. Okay, healthcare. So, yeah, in healthcare. So, so that is like a group that they set up, mm-hmm. and they're very very focused on it. And mm-hmm. and one of the funny things they said was one of the spokespeople said he says we don't think we're going to make a lot of money from this okay. because we want this to be used everywhere around the world. Okay. And how we how how is the software going mm-hmm. to be used in the rural areas yes. when if we charge too much for it? Yeah. And. And you could see the skepticism among some of the reporters, right? <laughs> but I believe the guy who said it was really? genuine when okay. he said this. Um, so, so, so the idea now is to partner, to 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 form partnerships and to to together develop solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that caught my attention was that the president of Tencent mm-hmm. explicitly said, "Look." The GDP of China, he said, GDP of China is very close to that of the mm-hmm, USA, mm-hmm. the US, okay. 
but our workers are only one-eighth as, one product, as productive. One-eighth as productive, yeah. And if we can digitize our companies, digitize mm. our industries, we will outstrip. Close the gap. Or, yeah. yeah, outstrip or close the gap. Okay. That was the closest I had about the China-US trade ah, war, right? Okay, <laughs> that okay. was the, yeah, the closest you thing. I guarantee you it's in the back of all your minds, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, they were asked about it in the by the press. 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 Okay. They they didn't want to answer any really, questions. Really, yeah? Sensitive, okay. So, so um, I mean... The, the the fact of the matter is uh, Tencent the the thing that I came away mm-hmm. from that conference mm-hmm. is that they are very eager to prove themselves mm-hmm. and very okay. eager to show that they are on par with the best in and the world. beyond just a consumer tech play right interesting yes. I think the president what was the president's name again uh, not no 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 the president uh, Martin Lau is the yeah president. Martin Lau so but I think also interesting he said that look we don't want to be a disruptor anymore right we yes. want to be an enabler to help you, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe disrupt yourself so that, you know, mm. you, you yes, stay yes. relevant. So very interesting, very good, uh, interesting points there. And this is the beginning phases of their strategy. So let's see how they execute on it. And maybe next year, they'll uh, invite uh, you back to China and then uh, you'll, you'll have downloaded the right uh, WeChat, you know, pay, you know, wallet into your phone where you're not struggling for acceptance. I think, I think Karam, is, you're trying to tell me I have one year to learn Mandarin. <laughs> just no, and then they get the right WeChat wallet into your phone or so. Because WeChat Malaysia, you know, even if you up, down, uh, you have loaded up your wallet, it doesn't work in China. Yeah. But for that, you got to buy Zofte Tare to ask him more. Oh, so we're going to just take a quick break and then come back after this. Ever wondered what leadership is all about? Is it developed over time? Or are people just born with it? We believe there is a science behind leadership and we want to help you understand it. Take this journey with us as we hear from renowned leaders from all over the world over our range of shows tackling key spaces in different industries today. Leadernomics, the science of building leaders. Okay, and we're back now and going to quickly jump into talking about uh, 1337 Ventures, which has uh, received a, a permission from the Securities Commission of Malaysia to run its own equity crowdfunding platform. And the decision to apply for this, according to uh, Bikesh Lakmichan, the co-founder and CEO of uh, 1337 Ventures, was a no-brainer. And why does he say that? He said that because, look, they've been... They've been running a pre-accelerator uh, that helps you validate your idea or your product, you know, at, at the at the alpha stage, which is why it's called alpha uh, alpha startups program, right? It's so actually only a, a five-day, you know, intense program for you to to decide uh, and for you to to gauge. And they have mentors, of course, helping you. You not for you to gauge. Actually, the mentors also tell you whether the idea is great or not, or the product is good or not. And this helps you validate that you've got something really substantial and you can focus more time and effort on it. So they, And he said that, they, and what uh, 1337 does is, because they've also got a small venture capital fund, so when uh, uh, for, for each of their cohorts, uh, and by the way, they are now at cohort uh, 20, uh, 23 now, batch 23, currently going through, it's actually a fintech-focused cohort, and it's supported by Bank Negara Malaysia, which is why it's a fintech cohort. But overall, the previous cohorts, right, they've had hundreds of companies, uh, you know, uh, uh, or, or entrepreneurs, right, come through. Maybe they have not set up companies yet who get their idea validated. And what 1337 does is that they pick the top two or three from each batch and they normally will invest in them. 
So they make the small bets, and and as the the tra- and as word gets out, because they've been doing this since 2014, as as word uh, May 2014, as word has spread, of course other investors come and say, hey, Bikesh, I like what you're doing with your program and some of these company you're making small bets on. Can I ride along also? So sometimes and, and uh, so Bikesh said, hey, we got so many requests for this, and so he feels that uh, having an equity crowdfunding platform is the best way for people are interested to tag along with them because it opens it up not just to high net worth individuals, right? Your retail investors can also come in then. So that's the beauty because you can put in just small handfuls of, of thousands of dollars, right? And you can also then make a long-term bet on a company, so, which is quite, I like the way Bikesh was thinking, you know, just expand the pool of people who potentially can invest in companies at the very early stage. I mean, is this is ECF for individual companies. That yes, one, yes, three, yes, yes. I mean, but of course, one thing is that 1337 does this thing of volume, right? Yeah. And they, they, from the start, the expectations that only a, a small percentage will really be truly successful. Of course, yes. So is there any way to, instead of betting on one individual yep. company, sort of like go to 137 and say, Here, here's a bunch of cash. Cash, yes. <laughs> and, then, and then you decide where you want to. I think you, you invest in their fund because they've got 1337 Ventures, so mm. you can, uh, and I don't know whether that's, uh, that's a, a fund. They said. Maybe that's just their own funds, or they have actually they have some investors putting in money there. So, but uh. it's a small tight pool, and the fund is already closed, right? So maybe they can do it for the next fund. So I just I'm kind of like thinking ahead for Bikesh, but I'm sure he's got his strategy all mapped out. But right now, those who are interested have this option. So, and Bikesh likes it. He said, you know, actually he said over a thousand entrepreneurs have gone through the alpha startups, mm. right, to test and validate scalable products and ideas. So, which is which is kind of cool. And even more interesting, and this no, nobody knows yet because he has not written about this. They have actually launched Malaysia's first SME accelerator, and this is a program they are now running together with uh, CIMB Bank. And I think it's only open for CIMB bank SMEs. So it's a value add they're adding to them to say, help, you know, we help you accelerate the development of your product and bring in experienced, you know, uh, people to help advise you and counsel you. And so you've got you've got startups at the alpha and you've got brick and mortar companies, right, at the at the accelerator level. So those who graduate and of course, you know, the, the few companies who are judged as having the most interesting product or that made the most progress. He said then, uh, you know, his, his, his fund will invest in them and those companies then will naturally, if they want to raise more money, can, can uh, you know, get themselves, you know, uh, uh, put themselves on, the, on his ECF platform. And I think they're going to call it uh, uh, lead, uh, lead Pitch, I think, right? So they're going to, yeah, they, they're, I think the name is then the article. Now I forgot, but never mind. you can read the article. So they want to just say, you go on a platform, you want to raise more money and a lot more people then, can, can bet on you and they'll be reassured because, you know, this is a company that, you know, 1337 Ventures has also invested in. So I told Bikesh, hey, what about those? You, you, you typically pick the top three from each batch. You say, these are, we think, the best three, but there may be other more promising companies. Mm-hmm. Are they, are they going to be able to list on your platform? He said, yes, they can also list. You know, but he said in the early stages, the companies that they're going to uh, uh, put on the platform are going to be those that most of them, they have themselves invested in. And the idea is smart because you want the early few companies to be successful, right? Because then the investors there will start talking about it. That, hey, this company we invested in one year ago is really doing well now. I'm really happy. And that word of mouth spread. So they're not in a rush to get a lot of companies, you know, on the platform right away. They do it slowly and well because you're still at the early stages of Malaysia's, you know, alternate funding environment. And this will help them just gain more traction so they get more people interested to, to bet on companies subsequently. And they've also, by the way, very important before I wrap up, 
coming up with a digital uh, alpha startups you know version because he said they only can have three intake cohorts a year even though it's only a five day program but they only do uh, three batches a year but now if you digitize the process of how they run the alpha startup anyone can come in at any point right okay i'll register for alpha startup i'll go through the the uh, online program and the, at the end of it if if my idea my product is validated my service is validated because said that then they will be you'll be eligible to be uh, to say i want to go straight into the ecf platform mm-hmm. and his idea is baselining it because he said if you go to the alpha startups platform everyone then talks the same lingo right they'll be reporting in, they'll be taught to report in a certain manner that investors like the alpha startups thing uh, that uh, lead ventures things is you know the most transparent and so you've got a very easy base of understanding the companies and what they do too so very interesting idea i think is further opening up you know the space for for companies to get listed on a platform and for more or, or uh, investors interested investors to come and you know bet on promising companies you know that they think 5 years 10 years from now could be the next superstar company so it's it's a great development and you know good luck to to bication and you know everyone who wants to uh, you know uh, ride on him so with that now i'm very excited actually to to wrap up with uh, why our dna can hold peta what peta peta flops or pentaflops of data <laughs> so and why this is a step so, closer to mars yeah, so so that's like dna is in digital news asia and this dna is di- deribose nucleic acid so we're talking about the organic dna organic here DNA. so so this was a uh, presentation by a company called catalog, catalog. they're based okay. in berkeley i think they're based berkeley. in yes okay. in san francisco area okay. and they and ex- this came about because you were at the mit conference right the mtech Singapore. conference M-Tech. That, okay. that that conference that just keeps on giving because they invite weird and wonderful characters yeah, to come yeah. and present mtech uh, by the way is emtech em stands for emerging right yes yes uh, yes emerging. that's right yeah. okay um so uh whereas usually when you talk about Uh, saving data mm-hmm. you save them on hard disks course, you absolutely. save them on flash drives yes. usb drives so what these guys are trying to do is they're trying to save data on dna wow. and why would you save data on dna instead of hard disk Correct. because dna takes up so little space mm-hmm. in comparison okay. so uh, the i think the headline of the the title of the article is 200 petabytes of information a single gram of dna wow. uh, perhaps to put it into context uh during the presentation he said look if you want to travel to mars mm-hmm. and you want to bring the world's knowledge no, with you to mars no. right uh, you can buy, you can bring like you know like large truck loads of hard disks yep. or you can bring a suitcase of dna you know <laughs> and i just the idea of someone bringing a suitcase yes. on board a spaceship Correct. and saying this is the world's knowledge in here but there's just so, a powerful analogy man. Just yeah. that. so 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 that is that is like maybe the number one uh, uh, reason Use. why you might want okay. to use it. there are the other uh, there are other value propositions as well mm-hmm. one is how long dna can last versus the longevity of like, yeah exactly uh, how long. so have they actually uh, already uh, you know uh, uh, transferred data onto a, a strand of dna yeah yes yeah. so so is it, that the right way you call it a strand of dna or is that well, another, another phrase you i think that just says encoded in dna in, in dna okay so so what they demonstrated on video mm-hmm. not on the stage, Yeah, video of course. was they took a photo and then they ran the 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 they, they turned the photos into ones and zeros and then ran them the sequence uh, mm-hmm. and then and then reproduce and then and then you, they they came out with this little vial of liquid okay and, seriously and they, this little vial curious says like the photo is in this little bit of liquid <laughs> now so wow. now we're going to pour this in and then it's going to like decode it and it becomes a photo again wow so um 
it's still very much in a trial as, as okay, a trial, I say. Yeah. Uh, but what was meant to happen this year was they're meant to to develop machines to help you do it faster okay, and better. Course, yeah. So, uh, by the way, these are a, like this is like a scrappy startup. Yep. Okay. Uh, the other the other company that's doing this is this small company called Microsoft. Mm. They've been oh, really? <laughs> oh, Microsoft also is in the same space. Huh? Yeah. The, One the, of the moonshot bets. <laughs> la. Yeah, they've only been doing this for half a decade or so. Wow. Or, that tells you how incredibly difficult it is. But it is incredibly how difficult. How promising <laughs> it is for people like a company like Microsoft to keep devoting resources, right? No, well, well, and for this startup too to get in that space. Uh, when when Microsoft first started, when 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 in 2016, Microsoft announced they successfully encoded 200 megabytes of DNA mm-hmm. for the very 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 cheap price of 800,000 US dollars. Yep. So <laughs> <laughs> so the trick is to do this cheaper and of faster. Course, it will happen. Right? Come on, all our listeners out there, they can they can uh, send their DNA to what this company called what uh, me. What, what is that? Uh, that's a d- company in, in twenty three and me twenty three and me right yeah. and which is run by one of the founders one of the startup founders uh, who did the genome founders, project wife. yeah yeah uh, Craig Ventier right yes and you can get your DNA d- decoded and you can you can know where you come from right whether your forefathers actually came out of the crater of civilization in Ethiopia yes who walked out of the crater yeah or wherever I right? think I think there, there are certain politicians in this country I would like to submit their DNA to so that they realize they come from a shared heritage Correct. and not a yeah, single yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they j- just to say that um, uh, what catalogs uh, value proposition is that mm-hmm. they say they've they they have a way that will make it faster, will mm. make it uh, more efficient. More efficient. Um, they're like they they're looking to trial it out. I mean, like to trial out with companies nice. by the end of this year. Okay. This is what they said. Progress, man. That's progress. Exciting, huh? Terribly exciting. Uh, yeah, just science fiction. Uh. This is what I think when I when it's I hear. Almost, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're super smart people working in it. the fact that Microsoft is there's validation there that is promising. <laughs> so we'll leave you with that thought, and maybe it'll trigger your own, you know. Uh, a science fiction idea for you to work on over the coming weekend. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, Karamjit Singh and uh, Zof Asmi from DNA signing off. You've been listening to Leadernomics FM, the science of building leaders.